Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. So this is Wolf and Down Your Lunch on the Wolf and Loop Show. I am Aaron Maloney taking Wolf and Paul Calvisi through the top stories of the day. Luke has the week off. We're still yet to find out if Paul's going to fill in three or four days this week. Interesting. Yeah, well, you guys thought Sparky against Wilbur was a fist fight? Yeah, we got one coming here. <laughs> well. Just saying. What do you got for us, As long as it's on the air, guys, so I can hear it. So, Devin Booker carried the Suns to their fifth straight win last night as he dropped 44 points. And this is for you, Wolf. See the shots that I took. Wet, wet like, like a, a book. book. No. In the Suns, 122-117 win over the Kings. Here's Book after the game. I mean, that's just what it is, man. That's kind of what I get paid to do. You know, I'm worried about getting everybody else involved when... You know, I had to go in like that, and it causes other teams to play different defenses. And um, they late in the late in the game, and so we got a lot of open shots. And you know, that's what I'm out there to do. What did you think of the Suns' performance last night? You know, to me, once again, it was just business as usual for the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think they did an incredible job, of course. Um, Mike Brown has really made the Sacramento Kings very, very competitive, especially on the defensive end of the floor. If you watch them compete, I'm not saying they're a good defensive team, but man, if you watch them compete, the effort that they give is truly exceptional. And the Suns found a way without Chris Paul, without Cam Johnson, to go out there and beat a team that is 10 and 8, or was 10 and 8, going into last night did a good job of taking care of business, doing what they had to do in order to get the W. That was impressive to me. Yeah, there was a lot that was impressive. There's no doubt. Booker going for 44. It was the defense to open the second half. Suns going a 14-2 run. That's what Book cited after the game. D.A., Damian Lee in the fourth quarter. I get it. I'm just not sure how meaningful it really is. What does it mean? Not to get all philosophical or existential around here, but it's November. So it's good. You're number one in the Western Conference. Okay, but let's hope it's all within the game plan of tracking for April and May. Yesterday, DeAndre Ayton was named the Western Conference Player of the Week for the first time in his career. So do you guys think the light bulb has finally gone off for DA? A little bit. A little bit. There's no doubt. You got to start with teams that don't have a legit five. You start with the Jazz. You start with the Pistons. Even DeMontis Sabonis last night. Okay, you know, he's more of a playmaking big than really is a forceful, physical big. That's great. Continue this trajectory. And the next time you go against Gobert and Beal. Anthony Davis, okay, that's when we want to see it. We want to see that sort of attitude, that sort of physicality. We don't want you see to be, uh, you know, if, to defer to those other guys. I want to see that attitude when you're going up against a legit physical seven-footer. I've been talking about it all morning long, but one's a point, two's a trend, three is a pattern. I need to see more patterns from DeAndre Ayton. More patterns. This is a great start. Ever since Pat Bev gunned him in the back and embarrassed him, 
the three games he has played since, to me, not just the what, it's the how. They're the most physical games I've seen him play. Now, not all of them were unbelievable, but when you take back-to-back-to-back, it's the three most physical games I've seen him play since he's been here, in my opinion. With the Arizona Cardinals at 4-8, and and with reports that Sean Payton could be eyeing the situation closely, the former NFL head coach joined Colin Cowherd and dropped this little nugget yesterday. I was a ball boy for this team. Back in, I'm going to date myself, but when the St. Louis Cardinals, before they were the Arizona Cardinals, their training camp was held at Eastern Illinois, where I went to school. And so the early years there in the 83, 84, 85, it was Hannafin and then became Gene Stallings. Yeah. You know, we we clean the rooms, bring towels to the rooms. We'd have a summer well, job. The Neil Lomax team? Neil Lomax had just taken over for Jim Hart. Um, Mr. Bidwell Sr., was the owner at that time, and, and I, I think I know that family well enough. And um, shoot, Joe Buck was, I was 18 or 19, and he was 16. He was there. And then finally, my junior, senior year, I handed out rosters and, yeah. and got to eat with the team, work for the team. So, did you ever eat with Sean Payton in the 80s, Wolf? Man, I. I... I don't think so, Mel. I Were you don't, not nice man. to the ball boy? I didn't no, pay I was any nice attention. To no, Mel. Didn't pay any to- oh, ball I was boy. nice to everybody. Are you kidding me? Where's my neck roll? <laughs> wolf, wolf. I don't know, but I, I've heard you talk to Michael Bidwell himself about when Michael was a ball boy. Yeah, as a teenager, would right. that have been about the same era? Man, I'm trying to think. Um, I think Michael was more towards. Okay, whatever. Yeah, er, Look, no, he was here in Arizona, Paul. Here's the takeaway from that. It's a great story. I love the anecdote. The key takeaway is the relationship that already exists. Between Sean Payton and ownership. That checks a big box. Yeah. For anyone who's wondering, is it even a possibility? Well, guess what? The relationship, according to Sean Payton, is there. This isn't speculation or reports from insiders and other internet, social media. No, this is Sean Payton himself maybe even trying to speak it into existence. Maybe that's what he's doing. What does he need more than anything for his next head coaching gig? He needs multiple offers to leverage against each other. You know what's so amazing about this? I don't think Sean Payton is coming here. I don't think under any circumstances he is. That's just my opinion right now, Basinonians. I do think uh, he is probably at least stumping for it, but I think the price is going to be way too high in terms of what you got to give up in terms of draft capital and not only that how much money he's going to want to get paid and oh by the way if in fact you're going to hire him that means you're you're replacing your general manager you're replacing your head coach who you just extended to five-year contracts i do not see this happening under any circumstance whatsoever that's just my opinion but if he wants a destination place with good weather and a good quarterback And guess what? There aren't a lot of options, at least not right now. And he's smart enough to know. Why do you think he's no longer the head coach of the Saints? I think that synced up a little bit, correlated a little bit with the retirement of Drew Brees? Possibly. Yeah. All right, there you go. Wolfing down your lunch. Minus the actual lunch. Hopefully Wolf will do something about that. Here on this end, Devin Booker dropped 44 big ones last night, led the Suns to a win. So what was the most impressive aspect of that? Well, that is next. Wolf and Luke, Calvisi sitting in on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Next for the Suns. Yep, they have a day off, and then the Suns are going to hit it again. And the Suns will be taking on, as I try and find it over here, Ron Wolfley. You're the one with all the notes over there. Yeah, what are you talking about, As to the Suns' next action, they'll be back in action uh, tomorrow night. But right now, I'm distracted by the fact that we have the World Cup match going on. Are you going to break this down, Wolf? All right, this isn't a football Americano like you got in Mexico City. This is World Cup soccer, the original football. And right now, Team USA against Iran, and it is 0 Zero, zero, Yo. and it is late in the first half, correct? Well, first of all, it's football. 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 football okay? Yeah. Um, football, as we all know, is football. This is football. Um, you know, can I just say it's 0-0 zero, zero right now, Polly? I'll give you the play-by-play. Do you have a tell? Oh, you're looking no, you're at not. this one right here. You've no, got your own monitor. Not. Interesting. But you know what? I love World Cup. It's the one time I love watching soccer. I truly do. Because suddenly, um, you get a match like this. You get Iran. Did I say that right, Paul? Iran. Call Jay Williams. Um, and you get USA, of course. And we all know the history between these two countries. And suddenly, the pitch becomes nothing more than a playground, a metaphor, if you will. You roll the ball out onto the pitch, and it basically is our way of life is better than your way of life, all right? Our country is better than your country, and we're going to prove it right here on this field. Suddenly, it becomes that, and whenever you talk about context, you you have to talk about the context in terms of history and what history has brought about between countries. So that's what makes this fascinating what is going on right now and then of course as i said earlier paulie think about it you know i'm big on on the medieval ages right and the middle ages paul um if you want to know about the 14 and 1500s call ron wolfley i'm just saying right now it's huge the history england and france and even if you don't want to know about it he'll still tell you about it like he's about to do right now so once again i'm just saying that's when i watch world cup soccer and that's when i segue to the phoenix Suns, who will be back home tomorrow night against the Bulls, where they're 11-1 and at home. Not nearly the same amount of success on the road, but there they were, the win last night, fifth in a row overall. They beat the Sacramento Kings, 122-117, and then after the game, Malik Monk, who scored 30, by the way, for the Kings, said about Devin Booker, Book was doing Book. That was a solid comment about Devin Booker, uh, second only to what Devin Booker said himself after the game, that, you know what, uh, him going out and scoring 44 on 17 to 28, shooting eight rebounds, four assists, tying a career high with six steals. Well, here's D-Book. I mean, that's just what it is, man. That's kind of what I get paid to do. You know, I'm worried about getting everybody else involved when you know, I have it going like that and it causes other teams to play different defenses and um, Late in the late in the game, so we got a lot of open shots. And, you know, that's what I'm out there to do. Yeah, I loved it, Paulie. I mean, book for the most part. What a bad man. 
Right. I mean, it's a Monday in late November, coming off Thanksgiving holiday. There's no Chris Paul. There's no Cam Johnson. Obviously, no Jay Crowder. He, he is getting the the focus of the defensive game plans. Yes. He's getting hit and harassed and shoved and mugged all game long, and he still finds a way to go 17 or 28, score 44 with eight rebounds, four assists, and a half dozen steals to have that sort Think of hustle that, factor, Polish. that sort of effort on the defensive end. How many guys would say, you know what, I'm taking care of the 44. The rest of you, you all play defense because I'm just going to go back here and make sure I got my energy on the offensive side of the court. No, I'm with you, Paul. I mean, Buck was Buck once again. The smoldering Devin Booker, he took the game over, was a monster. Um, in particular, Paulie, that third quarter. I don't know if you happen to watch it, Paulie, but Devin Booker blew up in that third quarter. 15 points he scored in the quarter. At one point, he scored nine consecutive points for the Suns, and he did it inside the arc. It wasn't like he was draining threes, Paulie. He was not. He was a little off, as a matter of fact, from beyond the arc, but he hit some clutch shots, of course. And not only that, in the fourth quarter, he took the game over in the third quarter, in my opinion, but in the fourth quarter, man, Book was clutch. Um, They had a lot of guys that I thought did some clutch Clutch things. DA down the stretch had some clutch boards late in the fourth quarter. Damian Lee hitting some critical threes in that fourth quarter. But Book, I thought, and Point Book handling the ball, setting his teammates up, scoring points, and hitting some clutch free throws down the stretch. It was classic Devin Booker. And his head coach knowing, you know what, I got a good thing going. Let's not mess this up. As uh, Devin Booker himself said after the game about Monty Williams. I think he just knew tonight. He starts me at the beginning of the fourth without me asking. That usually usually means we're on the same page. So look, uh, just keep me in. I'm hot, coach. Okay, you're looking at me. Do I? No, I, I don't need a blow. I don't need any rest over here. Uh, I got this thing rolling. Uh, I don't care what you say about the Sacramento Kings. And what is the streak? Like 17 or 18 years in a row, they haven't made the playoffs. They're still the Kings, yeah. and you still have to assert your dominance. You even love in their Sacramento, building. don't you, Paul? Absolutely I mean, not. You, Can't you, stand you, Sacramento. What's it like, Paul? Because you've been there before, and you always call it Sacra. What do you call it, Paul? Sacra Tomato. So Sacra they always tomato. they always That's say, oh. We're two hours from the coast, and we're two hours from Tahoe. Okay, great. another way of saying where you are <laughs> is nowhere. <laughs> and I hate to say it. I just can't believe that's the, the reality. Sacramento- the, the half my graduating rage. class, half my graduating class, Just can no longer it, afford the Silicon Valley and moved out to Sacramento. Tomatoes. So uh, believe me, I, I know from experience. And let me just say this too: it was so cool to see it because uh, speaking of clutch, right? I already mentioned Da and Damian Lee, and of course Devin Booker, but Macal Bridges with some uh, a clutch three two, and his clutch defense, Paulie. If you go back and look at it again, this game was won, especially at the back end of that fourth quarter, the second half of that fourth quarter with guys making some great plays. And Torrey Craig, I, I could watch Torrey Craig play all game long, Paul. How about the I offensive loved, rebound at the oh very end? If there was a goodness. single oh. play that sealed yep. the game, 
Tory Craig, who said he was crashing the boards. He's like, I'm crashing because Booker's shooting, and just in case, and boom, it worked. He got the offensive board. The effort, Paulie, from Tory Craig. I could watch that guy compete. He goes about his business. I absolutely love it. There was a guy that you kind of felt like could fill some of what Jay Crowder brought to this team, right? Some of the toughness that Jay Crowder brought to this team. Some of the defense. He's a good defender. You, you looked at Tory Craig. Some of the three-point shooting. He's done an excellent job, man. Almost 40% in terms of threes. That's really, really good. Tory Craig has has been a story, I think, so far in the 14-6 and six Phoenix Suns. So if you're looking at Devin Booker, and for everything that Pat Beth may have been for DeAndre Ayton in this recent stretch, do you think maybe there's a trickle-down? I think Devin Booker looked at DeAndre Ayton and said, oh, he was just named Western Conference Player of the Week. He just had 29 and 21. First Suns player to do that since 07, Amari Stoudemire. Oh, wait a minute. Guess what? Uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, has elevated his game. Maybe I need to come out here and make a statement with 44. Because here's what D.A. said about Book after the game. Oh, that's my dude. Oh, yeah. He ain't going to One thing about this, man. It's, it's, it's very um, unpredictable, you know, when it comes to uh, thinking he having a bad shooting night or not. He gonna do what's right to uh, contribute to the team for sure. And he he don't get damage in some hundred. He gonna keep shooting that day. That's that's just the, the dude on our team. That's what he, we need him to do every night. And you know tonight we just made sure he he had hits on screens and we knew he was gonna have another night like that. So um, he was really locked in on just executing the plays and. You know, taking what the defense gave him, they was throwing out blitz, they was throwing out everything at that man, and that man still uh, found a way to find us and uh, find us for open threes and be under the basket. Yeah, it was the, point book down the stretch. The elite athletes in any sport, true or false, are pathologically competitive. They're the point zero zero one of competitive fire true. in a human's DNA. True, absolutely true. Yeah. Would you say Devin Booker? He's got it, Bully. He's got it. Smoldering and you, this smoldering intensity. I love it, Paul. Can you imagine? Can I ask you this simple question, Paul? Can you imagine if DeAndre Ayton oh, were built oh. the way Devin Booker mm-hmm. is built inside? He'd be arrested. It would be criminal. What would he be doing to people on the floor? Smoldering. So, so you know what? Maybe, just maybe, for everything that you're thinking, Pat Bev has done for DeAndre Ayton, maybe the two of them. Maybe that's the gift that keeps on giving this holiday season. Maybe the two of them keep pushing each other. Hey, look, Buck, I just went for 29 and 21. And then Buck comes back and says, I just went for 44. I see. You're up next. And maybe that's the new dynamic, especially it gets them through another, what, 50 games in this regular season to, until this season really starts in April and in May. So you can text us your thoughts on that to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. So over the weekend, we learned that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury used the last two weeks to reportedly, allegedly, work on their relationship. Where do things stand now? You look perplexed, Ron Wolfie. You better figure out an answer to this question because it is next. Wolf and Luke, Calvisi, Sin in, Paulie Pinchitter on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football's weird. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. There are two kinds of Americans, and only two. Those who have dressed up as Elvis 
at some point in their lifetime, and those who have not. They keep showing all these fan cutaways at the World Cup match, Team USA. And uh, the latest was uh, Elvis sitting next to the Statue of Liberty, a man and a woman in their respective Halloween costumes. That's right. Fan festive outfits ready for football as this uh, continues to be a scoreless affair. Yes. Paulie, have you ever dressed up as Elvis? Have you ever done that? Have not. Okay. I do a I do a mean Elvis impersonation that is uh, no you don't non audible. It's just, just stop it. well, check it out. You ready for it right yeah, here? Right. It's, okay, you're going to have to give play by play. Okay. Theater of the mind. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Paul's lip is going up. It's my Elvis. Corner. It's That's awful. the mean mug Elvis right yes. there. It's horrible. Paul. The lip pulls up. My dad thought he was Elvis. <laughs> my dad had the lamb yeah. chops, Paulie, and yeah. the thick lamb chops, of course. He The leisure suit. Um, he was a horrible singer, yet he, for some reason, would put the vinyl record on and suddenly start yeah. singing in the living room. Well, that's my a dad, chip off the old block, you are, Wolf, with no, all the rapping all. on this station and he the singing you do in your just, car. He was, he was just awful. Just What's the, your point? Just ask the kids how often Dad sings in his truck uh, down the 101, and you know who you are, Wolf. Uh, so let's see here. Relationships. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what Ian Rappaport has been talking about, in particular over the last few days. Curious as to why now, where it comes from, what's it all about. Here's the latest the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Ian Rappaport talking about Kyler. I think it's always tense with Kyler. Like, I don't think, with Cliff's always very, like, he works hard, but it's very chill. With Kyler, it's always tense. So, like, I know we all, I mean, including me, like, I did a thing on this this weekend. We're all kind of focused on that relationship. I would imagine it's going to be tense with any coach and Kyler because he wants what he wants. He sees what he sees. He's very demonstrative about it. And he's kind of curt a little bit. Like, quick and, like, come on, like, it's... He's very blunt. You know? Short with him. I wouldn't say, I'm not going to say short because he's also... Whoa! Whoa! He's Ian's 5'4". You're 5'4". Let's, let's remember that. Pat McAfee show right yeah. there. Easy on the diminutive Americans, okay? I'll just step in for Ian Rappaport right there. Wow, Ian's 5'4", though, Paul? You'd be eating peanuts off his head. I'll post him up in the block in a minute. I'll tell you that much. Offensive rebounds, I'll pull it right over his head. Here's the deal. Um, the really good quarterbacks of all time. Could you use the word tense? Yes. Tom Brady? Yes. Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Joe Montana? Joe Montana. Joe Cool, sure, in the fourth quarter. Yes. Not so cool when you were messing stuff up in practice, when he was demanding of those around him. Correct. Ask Bill Walsh. Yes. So, okay. I, I just don't know how particular that is to Kyler himself. Yeah, Polly. No, it's it's a really good question right there. Um, I think to furthermore, Wolf, by the way, furthermore, as you formulate your thoughts, I would say that too often, too many people base conclusions about Kyler Murray's personality on a three or four second clip (laughs) that they get on a network TV game. Yeah, right. They don't see what we see down on the sideline. That, yeah, there's those moments that blow up and go viral. I get it. 
You know how many times Kurt Warner and Todd Haley used to scream at each other? Holy, do you have any idea, okay. Tom Brady, how many times exactly. Tom Brady has exactly. lost it on the sideline? I mean, what you don't I, see, what they don't show you is Kyler walking down the bench and talking to his offensive look, lineman. Look. After almost every possession, Cliff Kingsbury coming over and connecting with Kyler Murray. Do you know how often Bruce Arians connected with Carson Palmer? Not a ton. Yeah. Because he was the head coach and the play caller, just like Cliff Kingsbury. And there were other duties he had to worry about during a game. Yeah. You know, listen, um, does a quarterback, can a quarterback make you better um, on the field, ladies and gentlemen? I think that uh, you can. But if you're one of these players, if you're one of these players that looks to your quarterback and your quarterback has got to impact you for you to do your job, go sit down. (laughs) Go to the sideline, sit down, because we don't need you on this team, frankly. Paul, I, I never I never had a quarterback inspire me, Paul, to go do my job. Do you understand what I'm saying? But well, I, people, you had to fight people, for your job every single training camp. Yeah, but Paul What it, about the guy who's entitled, who's been a number one pick, who's always yeah. been the best of the best, an elite athlete? They have a little different mindset. They have a different mindset, Paulie, but I cannot tell you how many guys that I played with that didn't have that mindset either, that were great football players, that were number one picks, that were very talented individuals who didn't need another man to get them ready to go do their job. Isn't that right, Otis Anderson? Isn't that right, Stump Mitchell? Isn't that right, Roy Green? Those guys didn't need Neil Lomax or didn't need some quarterback to inspire them. Nobody was looking at their body language at that point in time and saying anything. Listen, would you like would you like your quarterback to be sulking? No, you would not like your quarterback to be sulking at all. But you know what, honestly? Is it ever going to impact how I play or how any pro should go play? I hope not. Because once again, if that is what it is, if you need somebody else, another grown man to get you to do your job, we brought the wrong guy in here. Period. But don't you believe that Cliff Kingsbury was brought in because of Kyla Murray? Yes, I do believe that. And vice versa. That those who wonder, okay, I was talking about something different, though. I get it. I was talking about body language and how people all the time, they're all over his body language and how it impacts. I didn't care. I didn't care. And you know what? There were so many other guys that were right with me. I didn't care what our quarterback was doing because it wasn't going to impact how I played. And they felt the same way. Dogs don't care. They don't care about a quarterback and his body language because it's not going to impact how they play. By the way, we need the breaking news sounder. Goal! USA won nothing. Oh, my goodness. During that rant right there, they scored? They, They fed off your energy, Wolf. That's what they did. Let's get back to this relationship. The state thereof between Cliff and Kyler, because you guys actually asked him during your weekly segment yeah. with the head coach yesterday about that report from Ian Rappaport. Here's Cliff. Yeah, it's good. I thought you know he, he um, came back from from being out and uh, really executed at a high level for most of the game. I, I thought his timing was good. Thought he was efficient in his operation. And um, unfortunately, like I said, we're going to close that thing out. But but I liked the way he played and I liked his demeanor throughout the game. All right, so again, it, the contract extension yeah. that came in the offseason for the head coach. I think it was largely predicated on the fact you knew you were going to be extending the quarterback. Yeah. And they're a package deal. 
It, it, it honestly could have been that simple. So as to where the relationship stands now, as to where the reports are coming from, from Ian Rappaport, I don't know what exactly is different. There hasn't been a lot of details other than just broaching a, a topic and not really filling in the blanks. Yeah. I don't know what you guys have concluded over the last couple of weeks or last week or so since some of this has come out, but help me out. I'm trying to understand exactly what the story yeah, revolves Paul, around. You know, once again, it is the relationship, of course, between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. It's one of the reasons why they're here, period. It's, it's the reason why Kyler's here. It's the reason why Cliff Kingsbury is here, because I believe the organization said, you know what, doggone it, we're going to hire Cliff, and then we're going to draft Kyler. That's what we're going to do right there. These two working together to bring that new age offense here, of course, to the game of football here in the Basin. That, I think, was the plan right there. The relationship, of course, anytime you've got a play caller working with your franchise quarterback, they see each other as peers. I I honestly believe that. They see each other as peers. And that's the way Cliff wants it. And that's the way Kyler wants it as well. The problem is sometimes you need space. Sometimes you're going to need space between your franchise quarterback and the play caller. That's one of the reasons why I'm wondering. I'm wondering now that we're at the bye, if Cliff might try something different and have somebody else actually be the play caller. All right, it was a busy week around the NFL, as we know. We're going to take you through the biggest games, the biggest storylines next. Calvisi send in for Luke. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, so Aaron Rodgers says that he plans to play this weekend at the Bears. He got the results back on his scans. It was good news, according to Aaron Rodgers. And we all know what happens in Chicago at Soldier Field, right? His oblique was a mess, Paul. (laughs) So uh, he owns the Bears. Uh, What other storylines are out there? That's where we bring in Aaron Maloney. Maloney? So, I mean, do you guys want to start with the Bears? Because I was going to say, the Jets beat the Bears 31-10 as Mike White put up 300 yards and then a three-touchdown performance to lead the Jets past the Bears. Here's Robert Sala after the game. We're operating with exactly what I talked about last week in my press conference. It's a week-to-week deal. The full intent is to get Zach ready to play football again. Uh, I'll make that decision when I'm ready. Um, it's uh, and, and and while we're going through this process, it's Mike White's opportunity to, to, to take advantage of every last play that he gets. And we're, we're going to leave it at that. I'll figure it, we'll figure it out as, as we go. Come on, Paul. We know you're a big Jets fan. Who should be the quarterback? The quarterback is the one everyone rallies around. And there's no question that is Mike White for the Jets. You can't be a leader if no one's following. And after Zach Wilson stood in front of that team two weeks ago and failed to take any culpability or responsibility, he lost the team. He lost the locker room. I honestly believe Robert Sala had no choice. And to do that in New York, in that media market, and basically manufacture a quarterback controversy, right? at least he put himself on the line. And then to have Mike White go out there and play that sort of game and yeah. quell any sort of noise and, and make his head coach look good, 
that is remarkable for that media market for it to go down that way. Yeah, first of all, we all know the most popular quarterback in any NFL town is the backup quarterback for the most part, unless you have Tom Brady playing for you or Aaron Rodgers or some quarterback that is completely established. The backup is always one of the most popular players on your team. Having said that, what Paul just said in regard to Zach Wilson and what he did... He just blew himself up. He really did. And I know he apologized to his team, but those are hard things to forget for a lot of veterans that are in the National Football League. And Mike White came out and played exceptionally well to me. I don't think we're going to see Zach Wilson for a while. And you know what, Maloney? That might be telling as to what plagues Zach Wilson. If he doesn't think that he has a lot to work on and get better at, he won't. And and you know what? Maybe he needs that sobering reality that a benching just brought him. The 49ers ended the NFL's longest active scoring streak at 332 games in nearly 21 years, beating the New Orleans Saints 13-0 for their fourth straight win. Here's Kyle Shanahan. They were unbelievable today. Uh, I thought they had a chance to do well, but they even um, surpassed that. Um, You know, Dalton made a couple big throws, two of those posts. Um, You know, the one that they got um, getting inside, I believe, the five twice and um, RD coming up um, with no points on that. You know, them having to go for it, they were great. Getting the two turnovers, um, big time day by them. This, this this feeds into my takeaway from Mexico City. Thanks for asking, Wolf. Yeah. The 49ers could actually be a throwback to the days where a quarterback who simply managed the game with a dominant defense yeah. could win you a Super Bowl title. Everyone, look. I get it. You've seen it before, Paulie. No quarterback, no chance. You need elite quarterback play to be a Super Bowl champion and hoist Lombardi. Really? Have you seen that defense? Man, if they had those corners healthy, they've lost two of their top three corners. If they had those healthy corners, plus Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, and that scheme, D'Amico Ryan's the way he's dialing that up, and all those weapons on offense. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy G, just don't screw it up. It's real simple. Don't mess it up. And an NFC Championship game that you would have won last year? Yeah. Most of Jaquasti Tart dropping the fly ball in center field? Jaquasti. Then guess what? The Niners are even better this year at this point. Yeah, Polly. You know what? Honestly, it all starts with their defense. You're so right about this. Um, and we saw it up close and personal in, re- in Mexico City. Did we not, Paul? Oh. The Cardinals trying to run the ball, trying to establish some semblance of a rushing attack and getting stuffed at the point of attack over and over and over again. That front seven is totally legit. They get you into third and obvious pass situations and then many times only bring a four-man rush while dropping seven. And guess what? They get pressure on a quarterback because of the likes of Nick Bosa. So to me, that defense is legit. That defense is real. We saw it once again against the Saints. And Jimmy G just needs to hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. Let them run the ball. Not only Christian McCaffrey, but Elijah Mitchell as well. If in fact he's going to be okay with that knee injury, we'll have to wait and see on that. But they got to a Super Bowl before by using this formula. I think we might see him do it again. The Rams have lost five straight for the first time under Sean McVay as they fall to the Chiefs 26-10. But 
Sean McVay is proud how they competed. We know there's no more victories, but I'm proud of the way that our guys competed. Um, I thought the defense did an amazing job with some of the red area stops towards the latter part of the game. Continue to just keep competing, keep making them snap it one more time. There were so many good things there. I thought, uh, you know, offensively, there was a lot of good instances of Bryce being able to move the chains with his legs. Um, you know, guys running hard, offensive linemen being able to strain to finish. I thought it was a real positive on some of the fourth down conversions. 2-2 making a good play. Van, obviously, on the touchdown. Um, I thought you saw some bright spot, bright things from, from Cam and from Kyron Williams. But, you know, not quite enough. But things that we can really be able to learn from. You know, I really enjoyed last offseason consistently and constantly referring to Seattle as the last place Seahawks. I'm really looking forward to this offseason <laughs> calling the Rams the last place Rams. If that's the way, that's what the Cardinals have to play for. Stay ahead of the Rams in the standings. But beyond that, I, I will say, as much as we like to have fun with Sean McVay, America's coach, and he's serving soup to people in the office places, and he's giving everyone in America the pep talk they need, the nine to five white collar office workers. Okay. I get all that kind of stuff as nauseating as that is. Those who are actually calling for Sean McVay to give up play calling, <laughs> stop. Just stop yourself. <laughs> I mean, he has no offensive line. Almost all his weapons are injured. The running back position room has been an absolute disaster. He hasn't lost the ability to call plays, Sean McVay. Get real. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. It really is. But just listening to him, the positivity, it makes me want to laugh. It doesn't sound like a coach who has lost five straight. It does not, Mel. It does not. That's exactly where I was going to go right there. Just how positive he truly is. Um, You know, I, I guess you're... I guess you can do that when you have a Super Bowl ring that you just won. I guess you can do that. Stay positive when you're faced with walking through a very dark season. He doesn't know how to react. He's never been here and done this. He's never been several games below 500. What do I do if you're Sean McVay and we stink? We're in last place. And by the way, their draft pick belongs to the Lions. And right now, it's a top five draft pick that belongs to Detroit. Hello. Just because, you know, the Rams lost and the Seahawks did as well. Josh Jacobs' 86-yard walk-off TD gave the Raiders an OT win, 40-34 to over the Seahawks. What do you guys think? Hey, 12s, how'd that taste? They suck in 2015, yeah, Yeah. right? (laughs) I love this, man. This was so great to actually see this. Josh Jacobs is the man. He really is. He's the dude right here. How many yards rushing did he actually have in this game, Paul? like 300 scrimmage yards, something like that. Something absurd. It was absolutely off the hook, and it was all Josh Jacobs. And did you notice that walk-off touchdown, of course, they got in the I formation and ran ISO. ISO is the strong side fullback up on a linebacker, strong side gap scheme. Here we go from the I formation, and he walked it off. What was that Coach was Double so Rainbow? Cool. Was Coach Double Rainbow caught in a blitz? Is that why he got loose and got to the second level and then he gone? You know what? I didn't see the all 22, Paulie. I didn't see it. I didn't see the tape cut. I just saw the replay. And for me, that was absolutely awesome. By the way, in true dysfunctional Raider form, they did not pick up a contract extension on Josh Jacobs in the offseason. How does that taste? Well, and all. 
And yeah. if we talk about the Seahawks, we always have to play this. What was your defensive strategy this week, Pete Carroll? And this was not from this week. This was from a couple years ago, but... You know, we, we gave them some stuff with some you know misplay. Um, we expected to play the stuff that we did play much better than we did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so great. By the way, the Seahawks defense had been playing so well in the six games, and we all know about that, week six, and how well they played uh, against the Cardinals. They've been playing very, very well, but melted down against Vegas. All right, there we go. Around the NFL, uh, DeAndre Ayton, as D.A. turned a corner, I mean, for now, but for how long, right? We're going to discuss that next. We'll talk about what Jay Williams had to say about DeAndre Ayton earlier. It is Wolf and Luke, Paulie Pinch hitter, sitting in on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.